Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Land Sharks After Dark, your favorite podcast about the old Miss Rebels. I'm your host, Justin Sanders. Joining me today is my co-host, John Stefanczyk. John, how you doing, buddy? What's up? Doing good. It is Sunday morning of Super Bowl. We gave our predictions. Yes, when I said the Dirty Birds would rise up. Uh, our good friend, our buddy, Austin Miller, is probably a wreck right now. <laughs> And, um, what, ta- what time does the game start? Like six or something? Six thirty Eastern. I think it's a six twenty-five. Okay. So five twenty-five. They love getting this game off early so they can put like two hours of uh, well, ne- network programming after it. Well, they got a thirty-five-minute halftime show oh, in there. Whether or not she does something political will be interesting. Uh, commercials. She definitely, she definitely will. There's not really a question, right? I mean, that's that's. Well, it seems like that's yeah, half the to, appeal. And I'm not. I'm. I'm surprised. Trump hasn't come out and been like, yeah, I agree with love Trump's hate. I love this country or something like that. Actually, that's one of the funniest. That's so true. Like, I'm surprised he hasn't either. Honestly, like, it it seems like if you took the time to put someone in Trump's circle of influence for long enough that he came to trust them, like Stephen Miller or or Steve Bannon or something, like, I really think that person could convince him of just about anything. You convince him that love Trump hates is, is something that he should... He should endorse. Totally agree. That's that's a great that's a great point. He after the Super Bowl show, he's gonna say, "I I agreed with uh with Lady, and all mm-hmm. the all the Gaga she had to say. I could yeah, I can see. That I mean, I'm gonna time. be really disappointed to be honest if I don't see some kind of women's march ad with Hillary Clinton, and Elizabeth Warren in it, and all. I'm really just gonna be sad if I don't get something. There'll probably better. be some political ads. Uh, I'm watching. I'm going sides. down to Somerville. To, uh, which next to Cambridge to watch this game, so this will be. Uh, I, I hope this will be interesting. I hope. I hope it gets that way. I'll be entertained. I'm gonna go buy me a four pack of Allagash Black or whatever I'm in the mood for, and then roll, <laughs> roll in and see. But anyway, so so here, so we'll just since there's not a, we'll we'll, we'll get the old mess here in a minute. But I think we probably have some Atlanta Falcon fans. Maybe we probably have three of the forty Falcon fans that exist that listen to this podcast. <laughs> nice. Um. So we were. I was talking to Taylor Cobbleson yesterday, right. and debating on. Okay, well, you know Austin. Well, we'll have some fun with this here for a minute. Yeah, like, should we warn his girlfriend? This is the first. This is like their first big. Because apparently Austin was telling me he what he's been working during the divisional game and the conference championship game. Like, oh, wow, yeah. Like he just like goes about watching my jinxing, but now he's all in for the Super Bowl. I go, dude, you got to watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I think he's been dating his girlfriend now for about six months, give or take. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, like table. Do we need to? He and he called me the other day from her phone. So actually, like, I have her phone number, which huh. is, I'm Inter- thinking, interesting. I'm like, I'm like, table. Do we need to like just give a heads up and say, you know, 
Seems like this relationship's going great, but this is gonna put it. This is gonna put it to the screws. This twenty-four hours here, we're in, we're in that. We're in that. We're in that wool sea zone here. Right. But we decided. We decided last night that we are not going to proactively reach out. We will only reach just, out. Yeah. Just monitor. <laughs> just monitor just, the situation. Yeah. That's that's just a, that's to say we are here for you. Sure. We. You're an angel for 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 getting Austin <laughs> through this, etc. Oh man, that's so great! Yeah. So I, I think this is going to be a fun 24 hours. I'm looking forward. It to definitely this. is. It definitely going to be a fun 24 hours. I think. I mean, what a great day for all the Falcons fans in the world. I mean, have, have the Falcons been to the Super Bowl before, John? Yeah, they lost to the they lost to Elway when he won the okay. second one. Remember they beat uh, yeah. uh, well they as a kid I've seen like the the ninety eight Vikings are considered one of the best teams to have not won a Super Bowl and the yeah, Falcons. I remember. Are, I remember when the Vikings were were really good. When that they was were kids. A, that was a four that was a fourteen and two Falcon team. That Falcon team doesn't get talked about or wow yeah thought of because because the Vikings were fifteen and one and Randy Moss was a rookie and. Gary Anderson missed that field. I mean, for Viking fan, I mean, the Vikings should have played in that Super Bowl. But yeah. Anyway. Well, okay. Still, though, what a great day for Falcons fans. It's been what's that? Like twenty years at least. Yep. So this is an eight eighteen years since then. I'm very exciting. What a great day, also for uh, for Patriots fans. John, tell me, is it is it kind of like the Alabama fan base in that they would be angrier? If they didn't make it, then they are happy that they did. Does that make sense? Um. Well, they've played in the AFC title game seven years in a row and only made it, I think, three or four. Well, that's still a lot. They lost to the Broncos twice. They lost to the Ravens once. Um. Because that includes the Giant loss, the Seahawks. Um. And there's somebody else in there that I feel like I'm forgetting. But regardless, I mean, they, they, I mean, it's fit. I mean, they, it's fifth. I mean, they've gotten to the final four consistently. In the NFL, in the NFL, everybody understands how hard it is to win. Right. Versus Alabama, Alabama has a marked advantage from a roster standpoint over pretty much everybody, including Clemson. I mean, Cle- Clemson beat them this year because their quarterback was experienced and their team was. That's what. That's what put them over the edge. I think. Yeah. Quarterback experience in that game, which I mean, Clemson give Clemson a ton of credit that for. Great, that was a great game, yeah. I mean, and they were cl- and they were close enough from the rest of the ten- roster standpoint to let that be able to be the differentiator. But I mean, they understand. And I was some guys were and it was interesting. I was riding back up to the we had a we got a kind of a we got a limo service taking us back up from the the airport Friday night to um to New Hampshire and. They, I mean, guy was saying, you know, I mean, we're hoping. Uh, I think the Pats fans were kind of. I think they kind of wanted the Cowboys to get there because the Pats be, beating the Cowboys, they would have they would have a lot of fun with. Yeah. And the yeah, but I think like losing to Atlanta isn't going to bother them as much because it's like, well, here, here here's the Patriot fan outlook. They're like, whatever. Atlanta's never won one. You know, Brady Belichick been there seven times now, and. The other thing too is that the the one thing Atlanta has kind of working for them from uh, the Pats aren't going to get just super pissed at, just hate hate their guts is um Matt Ryan went to BC, so well yeah. you know yeah okay so there's, there's, there's a silver line in there for them so yeah so they can they, they they won't like go jump off a cliff or anything 
anything if they lose this game. With that being said, they yeah. very much would like to win. Do they, do, they they expect, want, do they expect to win? Yes, yes, they expect to win. Yeah. And what they want to see is they want to see Goodell and Brady the trophy. That's right. what they're Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard a lot, of, a lot of people saying that. Because I think Goodell's less popular than Brady nationally. Which is Goodell pretty- is very unpopular nationally. Definitely less popular than Brady. Um, yeah. Yeah, I saw polling with him that long ago. I like all this crap press, too, like trying to say Houston's a great city to host an event. It's like <laughs> Houston's just a big oil city. Like, let's not make it more than what it is, okay? Like, this is kind of a, I mean, whatever, guys. Yeah, it's, uh, that's fun. I mean, why why not Houston, I guess? I, I feel like any any major metro area probably has enough would you rather be, I mean, you'd rather be in New Orleans or Miami or Tampa or who else? I mean, yeah, those all sound better than Houston, but I mean, I mean, a, a Pasadena or yeah. San Diego, San Diego hosted, hadn't hosted forever. They probably won't anymore because they don't have a stadium up, up to date, but yeah, those would be more. I mean, it's better than, uh, than like Arizona or something. Yeah. Well, no, I don't. I don't know about that. Arizona, you I, think, I think Arizona's fun to go to. Okay, especially well, if, if you're if you're a golfer, Arizona's great because you can just go play. You can go. I mean, imagine say say you're a Pats fan two years ago coming yeah. down and in your clubs out there for a week and you have at it. Sorry about that. Yeah, your alarm's going off there. Um, okay, well there you go. If you're a golfer, Arizona, that makes sense. Uh, uh, I think I think I think Glendale should host it in a rotation. I mean. Phoenix, I think Phoenix kind of neat. Somewhere in the Southwest, there. Well, there you go. Um, Dallas hosted it once, and like the war, like they had that huge ice storm because that was Jerry Jones. <laughs> Wait, uh, I, how long ago was that? Well, that was uh, when, when Rogers won the game. Rogers beat up. Uh, yeah, so not Rogers that not that long. You, like uh, seven years ago. So still in AT and T Stadium, right? Yeah, yeah, that, no, it was like that was like the year. first year of it. Yeah, I it was remember the that. first or second year of eight. It was like when it was new. It was part so of I'm, the sure, game. Like, I'm sure it'll be back there in the next five or ten years. Yeah, I'd imagine probably a little longer than people that, that would, people would have thought, just because of how that ice storm went and they and they oversold the stadium, which didn't yeah. go over well. But they'll they'll end up back. That there happened when I went to a Cowboys game as well. It was it was like I, I mean that's any professional sporting event. If you want to get like SRO tickets, you can. But there were yeah. a lot. There's a lot in that stadium of uh, just people kind of walking well, around. This was like actually like seats. They tried to put in a temporary bleacher thing. Oh, God. They said no within 24 hours of the game, and that became a big That's circus. Not, yeah. I uh, think Atlanta, when they host in a couple years with this new stadium, I think I think Atlanta so could Is actually, the new Atlanta stadium going to be an indoor stadium or an outdoor stadium? It's got a retractable roof like every okay. other stadium. Yeah, they all do For yeah. $1.4 billion, you can get a retractable roof. Right, right. You can have both these days. You don't have to choose between indoor and yeah, outdoor. I think Atlanta can actually be a decent Super Bowl host city here. Because well, you got the you know the, you know the flights are good. Coke, you got you got enough stuff in Atlanta for it to be kind of interesting. Easy to get to. Um, yeah, centrally located. Atlanta's a nice city. Yeah, for sure. Uh. Better than Detroit. Detroit they've had a Super Bowl like in uh, Seattle. No, I mean New York was the one like cold weather game. I don't know if they'll ever. I mean, they spent so much time hyping. What if there's a blizzard and the game went yeah. off fine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, remember. I, I think. I mean, 
I think it, I think they had to throw a game to Seattle at some point. Yeah, just because it's Seattle, such, a, such a dedicated bro, fan I, base. I drove through Seattle this week for weekend first time. I didn't get a chance to spend a whole lot, but just to see the area. It, it's a gorgeous city. I mean, it would be neat to have a Super Bowl there. It's a cool stadium, too. Yeah, and it's right downtown. I can understand not having one in Foxborough because. Right. But isn't, away, it, isn't it less snowy in Seattle Boston. this time of year? Well, we, let's see, I mean, one day it was 40 degrees and crystal clear, not a cloud in the sky, which doesn't sound like Seattle, not having a cloud in the sky, and then yeah. we flew back Friday, it was it was rainy and cloudy, had a little bit of freezing rain in there, but you could, you you could play a Super Bowl in Seattle, like yeah. I see no issue with that whatsoever. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think Minneapolis is getting a game at some point. Dude, their new stadium is so cool. Yeah, it's so cold, Minneapolis. That's the thing. Yeah, but that one's fully indoor. Yeah, but the stadium's awesome. So yeah. Anyway. Um. Okay. Uh, So, John, you you sent me this this link to this letter. Do you want to talk about this? I'm just reading through it right now, from uh from Chancellor Vitter. Yeah. So. Look, I'm guessing this is the. a look ahead 2017 momentum and initiatives. So that's good. It's always good to look ahead, listeners. Uh, I mean, I get what he's doing. You like what he's doing? I, I think overall it's a good idea. The one thing, I guess, for uh, on this sports podcast is they talked about where's the line here about how much they're going to about spending money and that. Says they're going to try to grow endowment from six hundred million to over a billion, which is a big jump. I mean, he didn't give a time frame for it, which just makes sense. I'm curious to see this. I think. I mean, yeah, yeah. Here's the sentence that's interesting to me. This commitment includes an athletics endowment to build a resource base to sustain competitive excellence. So I want to know what's going into that resource base. Specifically, what are we going to get out of compliance, internal versus external counsel? NCAA hit material. I mean, I think you get where I'm going with this. I yeah, mean, I mean, I, I assume defined resource base. Better. I think all he probably means is facilities and pool for That's salaries. Trouble, no. I, I understand. <laughs> I I feel like the only the only way stuff is going to change at an organiz- organizational level is. Pushes from the coaches or pushes from boosters. Like, I, like, we've talked about this, and I just don't think Vitter is involved enough in this stuff to really know what's going on with it, probably. I don't know. I could I be wrong. Vitter probably rolls at 30,000 feet. And then exactly. Gets, I mean, he's more focused his on chart. his job as chancellor, and we talk about this concept a lot on the show, and I don't know if we always really <laughs> – it's it's PR. I mean, you're the face of the university. You see him on social media. You know, he has Ole Miss ambassadors over to his house for dinner, and he, you know, goes and marches with, you know, whatever club is doing their thing today, and he goes to the fundraiser, and he sits in the meeting, and he writes these letters like this. Uh, and that's a very necessary function, but I think if Ole Miss is serious about improving the areas that you're talking about, which are very technical, very inside the athletic department, but as we've seen over the last couple of years, um, I, I think that they're in, integral to a lot of athletic departments across the country that are successful. 
um, just having Operation Smooth across, you know, all of your athletics and your coaches and your compliance offices and uh, everybody pulling the same direction, I guess, I think is what you're, you're advocating for, John. Um, I, I don't think that that stuff gets changed without strong pushes from people positioned uh, in places to have louder voices than ours, b- meaning donors and boosters, I guess. I, I don't know how else you're going to change that. Do, I, do you agree? Yeah, I would agree in terms of that. I mean, overall, I'd say just, I mean, having driven around campus a decent amount back in December going to see the pavilion, I mean, from an infrastructure standpoint, they're in, overall, they're in exceptional shape. I mean, they have a top 10 baseball stadium. They have a top five basketball. They have a, I mean, they have a top tier basketball arena now. Yeah. Depending on who you talk to. It, it fits, it fits all Miss well too. I mean, it's, it's tops in the SEC for sure. You, you show up, you get your box of chicken, you go watch basketball. I mean, that's perfect for Mississippi. So. And the what football stadium's in good shape. I mean, you have a top five game, yeah, day, game day branded game. experience. They've done a good job with the south end zone of the football stadium. The north end zone, I know it looks into the sun, this and that. They did a good – I think they, they hit that at the right spot. I think the next step for the football stadium is to, they, they need to renovate the – they need to renovate the sidelines. Yeah. And do you look at – they're probably going to leave bleachers because they want to sell more seats that way. But I think the right. facilities underneath, like, can be that can be potentially improved. It'd be something to be interesting to watch. Yeah, I feel forward. like uh, I feel like they need another ten one season to uh, get those donations coming in before they take on another hundred million dollar stadium renovation. But we'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not A and M, you know. I would agree. It's not. It's not desperate. Yeah. And. In, in a lot of ways, you can you can get away with um, your football right. stadium can be your least. I mean, inside and, it's fine, and also it's such a big stadium with so many different uh, you know experiences. I guess you could say when you're bringing a recruit through, you can kind of you know tailor their experience probably to avoid some parts exactly. of the exactly. Really, who's because all of the donors, all the big donors in their right. suites have been. They so go straight happy. to the elevator. They go up, or you know, if they're in field club, they do that. I mean, everybody has a different experience about Hemingway, really, based on your priority level. And the guy—I mean, you could improve the experience for the uh, for the for mid tier, for the mid tier season but, ticket holder. Yeah, yeah. who's going to pay and for I, it? I think I think that will be important in the short, in the medium run, in the next five <laughs> to ten years. I mean, if if we are to assume that Hugh Freeze survives. NCAA investigation. The rebuild's gonna take a few years. He's gonna. They're gonna need to keep those people happy to the point where they feel like that investment's justified for a seven-win season. You know, an eight-win season if they're gonna be serious about rebuilding. So maybe that's something that they need to look at. Honestly, um, is improving that every fan experience. Um, yeah, I think that's the, one of the next steps for the program. Right, yeah, and I mean, because as the years go on, the battle against HD and Wanda from Home is only going to intensify, and you know, we're pretty soon within the next few seasons, uh, people are going to be able to to you know uh, use an Oculus or whatever VR headset you want to use to to do the three sixty stadium experience and all. Even it's only going to get you know more immersive from that point. So you're going to have to be innovative if you're a school like Ole Miss. <laughs> 
to keep people coming to campus for those games. What Ole Miss has is a unique differentiator in terms of, you know, their on-site experience. With the Grove, yeah. Is the Grove, exactly. So, um, how, do you, how do you emphasize that? How do you make that the centerpiece of your game day? Um, but I, yeah. I think that can't be your only thing because we complain and bitch, you know, if Ole Miss fans just go and stay in the Grove all day and don't even go to the game, like, what's the point? What are we even doing? You know, we want that crowd in the stands. Yeah. I mean, you have to make sure that the experience is pleasant going in. Right. You got, you got, you got to have concessions that roll a fit more. I mean, they could, they could improve the amount of time it takes to get a drink at a concession stand. They're adding, I mean, they're adding more points of sale and all. Um, yeah, but they don't quicker. operate effectively. I'm, I'm t- it's even, it's, it's getting more, be more efficient with your current points of sale. And even I don't want to beat this. Beat, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but you cannot run out of water in the second quarter of a game because people now it's like, well, do I do I want to spend ninety bucks to go to this game plus parking and all that plus a hotel room to show up and and not be able to get water on an eighty six degree muggy day or do I just want to stay at home and watch this on the big screen? Well, I didn't know. With- or do I want to stay in the Grove and just? The state of the state of social media and all. Also, you know, if something if something like that happens, it, it's gonna it's gonna be widespread. Even if it's not even the entire stadium or something, you know, it basically it, like you weren't you weren't even there, you know, and and you've heard about it and latched onto it as you know an operational problem. It's it well, just kind of. It, I, I was I was there when this happened against Alabama. It amplifies. Uh, I thought it happened um, before that. I thought it happened. At the, no, the it game, was, it, the, it game was before the Bama that. game. It was the Bama game. We, my sister volunteered to go down and get everybody water. Oh, yeah. I was, I was with you. We were sitting together. Yeah, we were sitting together. Yeah. Um, and she came back with no water, and I, I, I wasn't. Yeah, ready yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. Yeah. No, then like we, you could have at least brought a cup of ice. I think maybe uh, that's right. We were getting cups of ice and going to the water fountain and all. I think maybe it happened uh, in the student section. The game before that too wasn't there. Wasn't there a non-conference game before? Uh, yeah, there, were, there was a non-con game before was, Alabama. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it right now. And just Wofford. Those mistakes are magnified in today's environment. Right, that was my point. Yeah. Now, I think the I think the luxury suites will maintain their bit because there's always going to be the oh we get to show up and be at the luxury suite mentality with a certain group of people. Uh-huh. How do you keep the mid-tier fan, you know, in the in the building as opposed to in front of their uh, their fifty-inch Vizio that's four hundred bucks. Yeah, and part of this, part of this is a problem we've created ourselves with the football program because the the easy answer is you know exciting close games that you win a lot of the time. I mean that that keeps the stadium packed out. But what we're kind of reaching for here is in the absence of uh, a ton of confidence on the football st- the program, how do you still keep people excited about coming to these games? That's what's going to be interesting to watch here going forward. Now, I don't know if there's any clear answer. I mean, you've yeah. got to make I mean, winning is the only clear answer. You've got to – well, that's the clear answer, but you got to do what you can to make it a good experience yeah. for the outcome of the game in terms of getting on and off campus, all of that, to where parking, getting to the Grove, et cetera, is – I mean, you've got to do everything you can to make that not a just total – 
not a total asshole. I mean, I'll be. I mean, I'll be frank. I'm really. I. It's it's doubtful. It's doubtful if I end up going to a game this year. If I had to put it on today, the the one thing, who knows? I might. The one that my my sister's a senior. Yeah. That would kind of be mom's talking about. This is probably this this probably is her last year doing season tickets. So that would be that might be you know. Yep. Back, you know, I may end up picking a game to kind of go down just because of that reason alone. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how it plays out. It's kind of go out west for the cow game. Could actually table cobbles. I, was t- I, was t- I said we should we should put a group together and go. It'd be fun. You know, we could go to the Apple Cup. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'm really thinking cool. Thanksgiving in Seattle or Portland. You either go to the Apple Cup and see our boy Leach. Yep. Or now that. Uh, Oregon hired Salovey, the uh, the king of the Pago Pago Polynesian Pipeline. We could go to the Civil War. There you go. Oregon put a stat. I mean, Port- Portland's a neat. I like Portland's a pretty neat city. They just don't give a shit out there. They're like, we are going to do our thing in like a very laid back, polite way. It's pretty- <laughs> yeah, they're they're like, we're doing our thing nicely. Oh, that sounds we're awesome. very we're, they're very comfortable in what they. I want to get a that's a, that's a city where a lot of people ride bikes, right? That's a it's a big bike city, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can walk to see Portland. You can walk around. Seattle's bigger. It's a yeah. it's a bigger sprawl. Why not? Seattle's neat too. You just got to get downtown and whatnot. But Portland's mm-hmm. Portland's good. And you got Mount Hoods right there. You can go down to Eugene, all that for so. Yeah, it sounds but, it sounds awesome. Um, yeah. All right, so should we talk about the basketball game now? Uh, yesterday, I'll let you go. I, I I saw like the last two minutes of the game. I'll let you go through the game, and then we can kind of talk about the uh, where things are at with this season. So, a little little bit surprisingly, I think they there's a they may have a they may have a shot at playing their way into the bubble conversation. But we'll get there in a minute. Yeah, in a way, I mean, from the win yesterday, they've kind of put themselves back in the extended bubble on the not the next four out maybe but the uh you know the 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 four after that perhaps um went into yesterday's game coming off that close loss to Baylor one over Mississippi State uh going up against Vanderbilt Bryce Drew in his first year coaching them but he inherited some good players from uh from Stallings recruiting and I mean he's seems to be a a, a good coach a good young coach they played Played well all game. They have some interesting uh, features to their game that I forgot to touch on in the preview before. The main one being that they scored the majority of points from three, uh, and that that trickles all the way down to their seven foot one post player Luke Cornett, uh, who actually broke the record yesterday. I think for most threes by a NCAA player over seven foot. Um, he is crazy, man. Like he just has such a pure jump shot for a seven foot one guy. There's, there's no doubt he's going to play a uh, stretch four somewhere in the NBA. Um, he's, he's very interesting player to watch. They have a lot of other guys that can shoot threes. They have some, some good guards, uh, toy. I remember sticks out in my head as being really good at finishing around the rim. Um, and then some other guys we've seen for a couple of years that are, that can still knock down those shots from, uh, Matthew Fisher Davis, who's really good, they have a guard Kressler, and then Riley Lachance was the guard I was trying to think of that I think is shooting around like 50% from three, 
Uh, got a really nice stroke too. So they they started out really well in the first half, and Ole Miss was struggling, especially shooting the ball. I think they started out like 0-11 from three, and it took a couple of uh, Eustace Fermanovich's uh, threes to get them going. But, you know, when the shots aren't falling, usually in basketball, you, you know you can kind of wait. And as long as you're getting good looks, which they were, uh, eventually they will start. And the, the threes definitely flipped in the second half. And I think Ole Miss made like eight or nine out of 12 or 13 to end up shooting somewhere around 45, 50% on the day. Uh, so that that scoring coming in definitely turned the game in the second half. I mean, Ole Miss is playing at a really high level right now. The last three games are definitely the high or the best they've played all year. People have settled settled into their roles, and that's largely early in the game. Bree and Tyree at point guard uh, with some uh, DeAndre Burnett at shooting guard. You got Terrence Davis as your other guard, and then you're you got Eustace and Saez playing down on the post, and then you can you can rotate in and out some of those guys. Um, Cullen Neal coming off the bench is still you don't really want him handling the ball, but he's a heady player. He made two big threes yesterday that helped put the game away. I think Ole Miss ended up winning uh, by seven, a little back and forth down the stretch, but they they played well in the second half. Um, they're they're playing. Gritty defense and, uh, and and good offense. They're they're making the passes they weren't making earlier in the year. The turnovers are way way down. I think a lot of that has to do with Tyree getting more comfortable and um, people not trying to do what they're what they shouldn't be doing as much. You, you don't see Fermanovic just grabbing the ball and driving nearly as much as he was a month or two ago. Um, you don't see. Cullen Neal dribbling down the court, bouncing it off his knee as much. And I think some of that is Kennedy scheming so these guys don't ever have to do this stuff they don't feel comfortable with. And that's what makes him a good coach, you know, is is getting exactly what he needs to get out of his guys and trying to put him in positions to be successful and not to do too much and fail. So as you mentioned, John, perhaps edging back towards the bubble now, but there's, there's not any room for error and Ole Miss's schedule left. But the good news is... There are opportunities left on the schedule. You have at Tennessee is a chance for a road win. Hold on, I have an RPI tab open as well. Let me just try to see where where so Tennessee ten, is. So, so they're currently fourteen. They're 30, yeah, they're thirty-five in the live RPI. So. Fourteen and nine, five and five in the league. So that's a that's a top fifty road if opportunity right there to, on Wednesday. If they get to eleven and seven, mm-hmm. I think they're right there. I really do think they're 11 right there. 11 and 7 in the SEC meaning 11 and 7 because that would give you cuz they got what eight games so they got to go here. they got to go 6 and 2 down the stretch. And actually six. that's that's doable. So my problem with that John is you could go 6 and 2 down the stretch and if you lose at Tennessee and at Arkansas you didn't really pick up any RPI there, you know what I mean? You beat South Carolina at home. That's true. You beat Auburn at home. But, yeah, still, you kind of need – I think you need one more of Tennessee, Arkansas, South Carolina. I think you need to win two out of yeah, three of those. Yeah, and it's got to be the right 11-7, if you will. Right, yeah, I right. So, between between Tennessee, Arkansas, South Carolina, win two you and win three two of those. those. And then you can you only drop maybe one of the other one's tops. And, yeah, I think that would be pretty decent You have to be – I mean, LSU and Missouri at yeah, home. Those they're be, bad. 
They're bad. Um, the only beat, losses on the beat schedule. Beat Auburn at home. I think you can lose. You can lose to State. You could lose to any of those three that we talked about. You could lose to State or Alabama on the road and be okay. But like you that. need you need these wins for RPI. Like you, if you lose more than two, really, I doubt there's any any sort of a way. I think Tennessee's a must win. Period. Yeah. At Tennessee's a must win for the road RPI bump. And then at Arkansas is a huge opportunity because I think Although they're like top argue, 20 RPI. Yeah, really, and, and, they, and they beat Tennessee already. This. You could argue Arkansas is more of a must win. I mean, yeah. but I think if you beat this week's key, I, if they go 2-0 and, and this week. They're setting up a little bit, yeah. They're 16-9. and nine, They're 7-5. and five. They went from 1-4 and four to 7-5. and five. They've got momentum. And, the, and then that gets you And then you play argument. LSU at home, and LSU's bad. LSU's bad. Then it, and then you get a Tuesday to Saturday. You get all rested up to go play. At Arkansas, yeah. Big opportunity game. That's a quick big. turnaround to the next Tuesday at State. I don't know how that's going to go. I mean, I think I think we're going to get all we want and more from State on February 21st. I agree. But we'll in fact, see. I'm actually – I would – We'll see. We'll see what comes out of that. I mean, not, they, looked, they looked hapless in Oxford, but I, I think we kind of embarrassed them a little bit down the stretch and probably pissed them off a little bit. So we'll see how they play in Starkville. See how it all plays out. But, yeah. I mean, if they had found a way to beat Baylor, which they came close to doing. Yeah, if they had done that, they're solidly in the bubble right now. They're they're probably first four in if they had beaten Baylor in the middle of this current win streak. Yeah. 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 So we'll – I mean, they picked there. it up. We'll see. They, and then depending on what happens in the SEC tournament, I don't think the bubble's very good this year, though. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Right. I mean, Florida's turned into be a good – Florida's a good team. Kentucky's a Florida beat Kentucky. And, and so if – and so – 15, I mean, they're going to have their strength of schedule. The key for them is to, like, they need to show they can beat – they're 1-7 against the top 50. They need to improve yeah. that. So Tennessee – If, if well, they – which is why, they, if they beat two out of three between Tennessee, Arkansas, and Carolina, then they have three wins against the top fifty. Right. They played Baylor close, et cetera. You can then be like, you know what? This is a bubble team that can maybe. And I, Vanderbilt, play. Vanderbilt could definitely move into the top fifty as well. Uh, they beat Iowa State two weeks ago. Iowa State just beat Kansas. I mean, Vanderbilt's a good young team. They're at sixty right now in this RPI. I'm looking at. Yeah. Um. So that's a possibility. Auburn's at sixty three. Um, I mean, top 100 wins are still good, too, so need to rack yeah, these up as well. Yeah. Alabama, 78. Uh, I think that's it for the remaining schedule for top 100. Um, I mean, if they were to get to 12 and 6, they'd be in, I think. Cause yeah, 12 and 6 is generally in a good year. And they would have gone yeah. from 1 and 4 to 12 and 6. Maybe in a play-in, yeah. They would, they would, they would be in. I think I think eleven and seven gets in that first. Yeah. Well, you're right. It's got to be the right one. They they've got to. Right. Mean, but I think. I think I don't think it just doesn't seem like the the bubble the bubble seems to get crappier and crappier every year. It really does. Yeah, that's so, a good point. It does. It does seem like that. So. Um. So yeah, there's worst some... worst. Ca- I mean, if they keep playing the way they're playing, I mean. They probably end up in the, the, the. I mean, that or they end up in the NIT and they host a game. I mean, the NIT is going to want them to host a game and everything. Yeah, I would imagine. So that's part of it. Um, did you see Michael White and the Gators beat Kentucky yesterday? They beat the crap out of it. yeah. See, I was going to see where, where, where's the hot takes on it. Michael White's already better coached than Kennedy. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I saw on. Uh... 
I think Nafum, I just glanced at it before we got on here. Somebody had had uh inserted um what's his face from uh from Louisville in that Mike or uh Dan McConnell, what's his that his name? Dan McDonald. Dan McDonald, yeah, isn't that the right he he was old Miss coach and now he's better at his next right, school. Yeah, yeah, somebody was making the Michael White comparison. And Dan oh. McDonald. I mean, that's probably that could be that could turn out to be apt. We'll see because I think McDonald's been to what like three College World Series since he left Oxford, and Bianca has been to one. Well, I mean, you tell me which job is easier, Ole Miss or Florida? Yeah, Anyone? exactly. But it's the same. Yeah, I mean, I guess that is the eternal question, right? Like, what could these guys do with less resources that they would have at Ole Miss? I mean, Louisville baseball program is probably positioned as well or better than Ole Miss's as well. Um, could they have more success than the coaches that are at Ole Miss? I, don't I think know. Mike White doing well reaffirms AK's AK's ability as a coach. Yeah, you but at a got... certain at a certain point, you got to do it yourself, you know. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, we we we'll hear see. we hear about how respected AK is by other coaches and how players want to play for him and all, and I I buy all of it and I I like it. I like hearing that as a fan that your coach, you know. Being respected by other coaches, that has to be a good sign, right? But at a certain the key, point, the key for AK is he needs, what he needs here in the next two or three years is to get a team to go be like a six or seven seed in the tournament and just yeah. clearly be in. Yeah. To where because because the two teams he's gotten in, it's been bubbling. A playing game, and then the Marshall Henderson team was going to be a playing game until they until they won the uh, SC tournament. SEC tournament. So. Yeah, and also uh, that would be huge in addition to just having a solid prospect in, in, go into the, NBA, into the NBA. And people say that the Drake guy sitting on the bench this year could be that guy. We'll see. Uh, the, the Drake transfer, Olajinek or something, however you pronounce it. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, yeah, and I love some of the young talent. I mean, I don't know how he would project into the NBA – Size wise, but Terrence Davis seems to just have a really high ceiling still that has not been reached. The minimum Terrence Davis can be an All SEC player next year. Yes, I mean, and then for the next two years, since he, I, and I think he will. And I think you add in Terrence Davis's development over this upcoming offseason. I think if you you add in some Brian Tyree foul shot and I mean, three point shot development, Davis, yeah. Burnett, and Tyree all together are super good. Combined with they just gotta get a front court together. Yeah, I mean which, you'll have you'll have Fermanovichitz and uh, and Hyman to man one of those spots. You got to figure out who's your center, who's your your guy pulling down the rebound. What's the Drake transfer? What's his position? I, I think he's know. a he's a true center. I think he's like a seven footer. Okay, so there that's you go. I mean, yeah, that's the hope. That's the hope. I think. So the, the the good thing is is now you've got a team. You've got to integrate a center as opposed to put a whole roster together. Right. That's what. That's been the key with this year's team is that Saez has been there, but they've had to build everything else around him. Right. And Saez has been it's fantastic. I mean, he 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 should be in the SEC Player of the Year conversation. We'll see when it gets there. But he's he's having a really good season. Yes. Um, I'm trying to, trying to find uh... – If this team ended up in the tournament somehow, it really wouldn't surprise me, though. They've got talent. It's just a matter of playing together, and they've yeah. started to figure – Start. seems like they started to figure that out here recently. They, they definitely have talent. It, it's like uh, – it's two different the teams, a, honestly, the, when they're out the there a turning them all loss, over. The, the A&M loss at home is when you just look at it and go, what's the hell, guys? 
was a killer. And if you were watching that game, I mean, you saw it. Ole Miss was holding. I mean, it happened in the Baylor game, too. You're controlling the game a lot of it. It just slowly falls apart. And they just, you know. But the A&M game, they uh, they were kind of clowning us with their big men all game. I mean, they have some really good post players. I'm yeah. surprised A&M's falling off this year. I mean, they were. Honestly, their record doesn't reflect the team that I saw on the court. They were, I mean, they made the tournament last year, correct? It sounds right. Yeah, I think so. I mean, but, they they, but they lost. Um, they, they lost. What's his face? The Caruso, the point guard. I, I know they. They might have lost more too, but he was an important piece for them. He was like a four-year player. Gotcha. Uh, okay, so Ola Ola Jizanek, However, we'll figure it out next year. Yeah, he's seven foot two fifty-five freshman center. Oh, he's a freshman center, so he's. Yeah, he well, he played he played in twenty games as a true freshman at Drake, so he'll end up he's being a redshirt sophomore, two, I guess. When he's we got go. two years, unless he oh no, he's, he's got three. I think he's got three years. Well, there you go. He's, he's only played one year. Uh, wow, he said it's an average six point five points and four point one rebounds. Shot seventy two point two percent from the field. Recorded twenty one blocks as a freshman. That's pretty good. Started the final nine games of the campaign, averaging ten points and four point six rebounds. Where did where did Stansberry end up? He is at um, Dayton, I want to say, or somewhere like that. Hold on, let me type his name. Take the job because he because he was an assistant one year last year. Right. So and made and made the Sweet Sixteen last year, yeah. But then Stansberry's yep. Stansberry, no, he's at Western Kentucky, the Hilltoppers. Yeah, I knew it was a team like that that you see in the. uh, conversation so yeah I think Sansbury helped recruit uh, some of those those good post players yeah they got it in um okay let's see what else what else John we, we, we talked about baseball before the show we still got a couple weeks here um we were talking about how Sean Johnson possible Sunday starter, weekend starter, somewhere. you remember him from last season, uh, kind of a volatile player. He'll go out and show you some really good stuff, and then he'll have a complete collapse. And, I mean, what we heard definitely confirms that volatility. Apparently had a bad outing in practice and punched a wall with his throwing hand, so unclear on the timetable for his return. But that's just so dumb, man. I mean, how are you? how are you going to be an athlete? That would be like, I don't even know what the comparison would be, but if we did something to make us stupider, John, it's like why, why are we doing this? Like we need this, we need these skills. I, don't, I just don't understand it. If you're an athlete going out there and hurting your your ability to do your job, but you know, athletes aren't known for their uh, mental faculties, I guess, and their logical reasoning. Um, so I'm not sure where that puts us for the starter conversation. We'll see out in the next week here as we're getting closer to the season we did hear that freshman Kessinger is going to start at shortstop uh freshman Cooper Johnson at catcher um the team will fill in around that we will do a full full roster our guess at one at least if things come out uh on the next show but definitely looking forward to that should be a good season um Ole Miss is getting some uh some preseason plaudits I think Kessinger Got that SEC Freshman of the Year preseason, the same one that cursed Tate Blackman a couple years ago, if you remember. So hopefully going to have a different result from that. Um, I don't know, John, what else do you have to talk about? 
think that's really about it. But we're getting the baseball more next weekend. Yeah. Basketball may may have a shot at kind of pulling a late season surprise here. We'll I mean, the, the good news for the basketball team is like every game left on the schedule is winnable. Um, you know, there's it, the the schedule set up the way we thought it would, where you started off with your toughest games, got those behind you, but and then maybe you can start climbing out of that hole, and that's kind of what Ole Miss is trying to do now with these more winnable games. Yep. Um. Okay. Well. Footballs and a, I mean, when there's there's been a little bit of scuttlebutt that they'll have an amended NOA here in the next month or so. Yeah, I think some people have even been implying that Ole Miss already received it. I don't, I don't know, which wouldn't be surprising at all. I mean, that's how this stuff works. At all, is I that mean, Ole Miss, Ole Miss holds it for three months and then before before anybody gets to see it. So maybe they release it with a response or something. I don't. Yeah, know. Yeah, no, that's what that's what that's how it worked last time. I mean, that's the that's definitely Ole Miss's plan. So three yeah, what's, months. What's, let's what's say the, they received it February first. So we're talking about uh, May first. Or no, April for yeah. What's the what's the band that plays three chords? Green Green Day. Is plays it, what? What do they play? They just, they just they, they, their goal is to become famous playing like three chords in each song. Uh, is it Green yeah, Day? Wake, wake me up. September ends or whatever. That is Green Day, yeah. Green Day, yeah. So like, wake me up when the NCAA is kind of. Yeah, football. pretty much. I mean, that's the only way to really look at the NCAA stuff now, and especially at this part of the process where I think we can go ahead. Let's just assume Ole Miss has received an NOA. If you recall from last spring, I mean, there is nothing in this time period usually, that nothing concrete at least, maybe some rumors, insinuations, but you pretty much just wait for three months until Ole Miss releases a 150-page document yeah. that it takes you know hours for anybody to figure out what it actually says. That's, that's what we're looking for towards i believe that's such a great use of of uh public funds public fund. um trying to, what was I, gonna, I mean there's also a little bit of scuttlebutt that there's the ncaa has something more substantial on well them. i think it obviously it's gone quiet though the past couple weeks i think there's obviously some damning accusations levied at barney farrar that led to him being fired from the old miss football staff we will see how successful Old Miss is at separating Hugh Freeze and the administration from Farrar's actions. I think that's probably going to be what the entire case hinges on. Um, you know, was Freeze properly monitoring Farrar and what he was doing in recruiting? How responsible is he for the violations that Farrar committed? That kind of stuff. I mean, that's going to be what determines. You know, does Freeze get a suspension for two games? Does he get a show cause? Does Ole Miss get a two-year bowl ban? I, all of that stuff is tied to did the head coach monitor enough? Uh, and then beyond that even, were they complicit in it? And if that's the case, then uh, Hugh Freeze would certainly be done coaching at Ole Miss. Um, the NCAA would make sure of that. Here, so we'll see. I, I thought about this earlier, but I forgot to mention it. The, one of the biggest arguments are just, you think we're talking about you know is Freeze going to be around in a few years? I mean, isn't isn't kind of a job security thing the fact that he tolerates Ole Miss from a from a certain standpoint? Because how that Freeze does? Yeah, how so? Let's let, let's say Freeze 
So let, let's say the NCAA thing gets settled, and then let's just hypothetical here for a second. Freeze has some health condition that he's forced to resign and not coach anymore. Yeah. How attractive is the Ole Miss job in that, in that if there's no NCAA and I, it's not? I think at that point it probably becomes like pure money. Like you're going to try to get somebody that's making like a million dollars somewhere. I mean, and then you pay him like three and a half or something. I mean, I think that I think in that regard you can make the job appealing just because you have this SEC money now. You have the the athletic budget now. I mean, yeah. you can't you can't tell me that an up and comer from a, a group of five school isn't going to jump at a three time pay raise. You know, regardless of how the job's perceived. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, but yeah, you're right. You're right. You, I, I agree. You have to. Get, you, you go the up and come around, though. I would like. I prefer that. I mean, just because if you okay. So the flip side of this is how attractive is Ole Miss to a proven coach? And I think that's where you get kind of it gets kind of murky because any given year, there's probably going to be four or five better jobs open than Ole Miss. So now you're slipping down into... Because you're in the West. Yeah, you're right. Because you're in the West, and you've had had the Jordan Wilkins... The Jordan Wilkins academic snafu Mm -hmm. is a bigger problem than anybody talks about from both a recruiting and a viability to an outside, any kind of external perception of the program. I mean, yeah, I don't think there's any arguing that whatsoever. So uh, it was definitely a a catastrophic failure on the part of Ole but Miss. for an up and comer, yeah. Because the, the one thing the Ole Miss fan base has proven to be kind of they'll embrace that works in their favor is they're they're not as they don't gonna, they don't turn as quickly. I don't think as some other yeah, fan bases. If that's where they you're going, they tend to be more. That's our guys. Yeah. I mean, definitely Miss, with Freeze. You know, because I even heard people this year, well, we, we, knew, we knew Ole Miss was – we knew this was going to be happen after we go to the Sugar Bowl. It's like bullshit. Yeah, no one predicted that. Dollars. Like, and yeah. you sign the number four recruiting class. That's that's crap logic. But they talked themselves into that. Yeah. So, well, and I think you look at the Houston Nut tenure and the fact that he got a two and ten year after his four and eight year. And, yeah, Ole Miss fans yeah, are pretty Miss forgiving. Give you, they'll give you the extra year or two. Yep. In the right versus like Auburn typically does not do that. We know Alabama won't. I mean, you look at LSU's not going to tolerate it. I mean, they tend they do tend to give. Ole Miss will give time as long as you can. Well, point and I think part Ole. of it part of it is whether people want to admit it or not. There is a there is a large swath of the Ole Miss fan base and the Ole Miss fan perspective that is rooted in, I don't know if you call it reality, you call it pessimism, but they they don't necessarily think Ole Miss deserves to win in the SEC West. And so that, that kind of makes them more willing to forgive coaches for losing games. You know, there's a, there's a definitely, there, I'm talking about the WAOM crowd, you know? And, and I kind of, I feel like that kind of leads. A, there's a taller, yeah. That kind of leads to more acceptance for coaches. It's not just an, an all winning mentality. I mean, I think the fan base rallied pretty hard around Freeze at five and seven. It, not everyone. There were definitely some people that were pissed. There are I, more people. There are more people than you would think, though, that ended up rallying. Around. Yeah, a lot of people circled the wagons on five and seven Freeze and the NCAA and all and the us against the world mentality. I mean, all of that kind of coalesces into yeah. I don't think it's it's a great job for Chip Kelly. But I think someone like 
you know, Mike McIntyre, perhaps even still though, with the up and comers, Ole Miss is the type of school. The, I, I think you gotta, I think you, you, you go get the Matt guy or you yeah. go get the, uh, yeah. you know, you maybe, the, maybe a pac 12, you know, like a, not an Oregon, but like a, or a, uh, or a big, uh, big 12. It just depends on the school, I guess. You're not going to take, you know, Texas's coach, but maybe, maybe you can end up a Colorado's coach. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, if college football is all hierarchies, you know, it's all. It, I, I will. Yeah, you, know, you probably could go get a West Coast coach. Yeah, because the interest. Because being out there for two weeks, I mean, like, I literally almost. I mean, I I didn't forget football existed, but it the was intensity. Not, the intensity was, is not there. It was very much in the back of my brain until I sat down at LAX to to I'm sitting there picking between which of the five IPAs they have on tap in Terminal <laughs> the restaurant Terminal Six. Yeah, and I look up and there's a Sports Center th- headline about the Baylor lawsuit, and I'm going, "Good grief!" Yeah. Oh God, that's insane. The Baylor stuff is just out of this ridiculous. Um, so, so I don't I don't want to get it. There's plenty of content out there about. The NCAA is chasing Ole Miss over this stupid, over over little shit. Right, and but they yeah. don't actually care about real laws being broken. Yeah, that tells you that tells you pretty much everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it really does. I mean, go on. I was gonna say, I mean, in a lot of ways, you could argue that program should be. Right, I mean, it should be shut down from a legal perspective. <laughs> I mean, to the bottom of all that. it shouldn't be allowed to exist just legally. It seems I don't know who's who is the Baylor coach right now. Um, I'm not even sure. I can look. It's uh, well, it was Jim Grobe, but he stayed. No, no, they hired. Uh, they hired someone. Oh yeah, Matt Rule. Yeah, from uh, from Temple. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Interesting. Well, so uh, Jim Grobe was coach for one season. It would appear. There. Uh, yeah, Jim Grobe was a temporary. Gotcha. Well, yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen to them. I mean, at the very least, they're not going to be able to recruit. Obviously, like they were, but you got to think any football players' parents reading about this are going to keep their kids a long way away from Waco. I mean, you would you would hope so, but you know what? Yeah. People spend stuff, and anything's possible. It just it sounds extremely toxic. Obviously, um, yeah, that's just depressing talking about the Baylor stuff. I'm happy yeah. to not talk about that. Um. Okay, so you sticking with your Falcons prediction, John? This final final prediction time. Yeah, I think it's a close game, and it wouldn't surprise me either way. But I think, I think the Falcons. I think the Falcons have really morphed into a really good team here. Yeah, they have. They found their groove for sure. Um, they probably maybe they want it more. We'll see. I don't know. I do. Yeah, there's definitely some revenge on Brady's mind of uh, trying to to look Adele in the eye after the game. So we'll see. It should be how fun to watch. The, how how good is how good is the Patriot team without Gronk, though? Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's the question, and they early, we saw that some early in the season. Right? I think they kind of need their defense to play good, but I don't know who's. I don't think any. I mean, I get Belichick's Belichick from a scheme wise, but who's stopping that Falcon offense? I mean, yeah, my God. yeah, yeah. I don't, 
I don't know. I don't know. It's, it should be a good game to watch. So yeah, keep an eye on that. Um, let's see. That Tennessee is that the Tennessee game on Wednesday, I believe. Something like that. Big week. They got Tennessee and then Auburn, I believe. Auburn on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, those those will be big games. Um, keep an eye on all that. Like I said, on the next episode, uh, we'll do your baseball preview. We got that opening weekend coming up here in under two weeks. I uh, got the ECU Pirates and Cliff Goblin coming to town, so that should be fun. Um, check us out next week for that show. And thanks for listening to this one, guys. Uh, we didn't cover a ton of new stuff, but hey, I mean, uh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. If you did, uh, if not. Don't tell me about it. I don't care. But um, you can follow us on Twitter at Dark. Check out our website, LandstriksAfterDark.com. All that good stuff. We're on iTunes, all of that. For now, for John, I'm Justin. Thank you for listening, guys. We'll talk to you again soon. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.